You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. and Odyssey Insider Cody Decker. Happy belated Mother's Day. It is Monday, the day after Mother's Day, and we got a hell of a week of Major League Baseball action coming your way. It's big time baseball with me, Cody Decker, former professional baseball player turned professional smartass on the radio, with my one and only main man. He is the one, the only, Tony Gwynn Jr. out of San Diego, California. How you doing, Tony? I've missed your voice. <laughs> I'm good, doing well, Cody. It's been a Fun weekend of uh, baseball and lots of walk-offs on Mother's Day. Let's get this thing rolling. Absolutely. And speaking of Mother's Day, do you have any like memories of your playing days of your mom coming out? See, I um I will freely admit I am very spoiled when it comes to moms. My I have a mom, Terry Decker. She most supportive mom in the world. Came out to just about any game or city or country I was playing in and supporting me. Uh, you know, she right. came out at the WBC. She came out to Korea and Tokyo to watch me play. And, you know, she went down to Winter Ball in Panama and saw me play. She saw me play in every no-name minor league city and major league city. Uh, I, I, I'm very, very lucky when it comes to having a mother. I'm right there with you. My mom had to uh, endure a couple different decades of baseball, <laughs> of baseball watching and uh, she had to play mom and dad while my dad was, you know, doing his thing on the field. So I think we're both lucky in that regard. I think by the time I got to the big leagues, um, she was kind of tapped out. Once I came to San Diego is when I got to see her come to games more often. But, uh, yeah, she, she's seen a lot of baseball in her life, for sure. Yeah. Shout out to all the moms who made us all have the opportunity to get there. Yeah. Um, happy, belated, happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms, including mine's uh, Alicia Gwynn. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this weekend, real quick. Quick recap of the weekend: it was walk off city all over the league. Hey, San Diego, Jorge Alfaro hits a five five hundred foot bomb for your Padres. Torres hits a walk off for the Yankees, of which we're definitely going to talk about. <laughs> Ty France hits a walk off for the Mariners, and I have not been quiet about how much I love the Mariners. And Anthony Rendon finally healthy there, and Anaheim hitting a walk off for the Angels, who just simply do not want to stop this surge that they're on. Uh, of the weekend, I mean, let's start with Alfaro. How was that for San Diego? I'm loving this team so much, especially without Fernando Tatis Jr. and how they're just absolutely dominating everybody. That's the thing that I think people are, you know, overlooking here in San Diego is the fact that, you know, if I'd have told you the Padres had 19 wins without Fernando Tatis Jr. at the beginning of spring training, I think uh, I think you would you would have laughed at that a little bit, especially you know this early. But Padres have one of the best records in the league. They're doing without uh, Fernando, and I, I was it, it, Alfaro's homer was couldn't have been 
more perfectly timed. And I mean, Padres were on the cusp of being shut out in back-to-back games. They had shut out for nine innings, shut out for eight and a half here going into this last game. And uh, Alfaro gets a hanging slider. And I mean, he crushed it. And I mean, his backstory is he had had a conversation with his mom. His mom kind of predicted something along those lines and he was able to fulfill it. It was a uh, it was it was rockets uh, last yesterday at, at Petco Park, man. Good win for the Padres. Now they got the Cubs coming. By the way, just a side note: the Marlins' pitching staff is not a joke. No, these dudes are as good as anybody in terms of arms. Pablo Lopez, uh, yes, or two nights ago, completely carved up the Padres. He, he completely he could have gone a complete game, but they didn't allow him to to, to finish it. He went eight, but. That's just a side note. Padres get the win. It was a nice walk-off. Yeah, you mentioned those Marlins. Don't let that 13-15 and 15 record fall. No. This is a really good ball club, yeah. especially yeah. going over and nearly shutting out the San Diego Padres across country uh, twice, twice, two days in a yeah. row. I mean, that's yeah. – I, I get it. There's no Fernando Tatis Jr., but they got a couple other guys that could kind of swing it a little bit. I don't know. I, I'm a fan of that Manny Machado guy. In fact, if you were smart, like I was, you took a 25-to-1 uh, flyer out on him early in the year. You can get him an 8 uh, eight to 1 now. That's how good Manny Machado's doing. Yeah, hey, yeah. Speaking of Padres, ex-Padres, Ty France, man. Walk off for the Mariners. Listen, I, I played with Ty France. I've hit a, I played against Ty France. I've watched this guy play. He is a talented, talented, strong, yeah. right, right kid. I, I just dig the way he plays. You know what else I love about him? He reminds, and this is going to sound, he's better than I am. I can't stress this enough. He was always better than I was. But he reminds me, and me of me in that he's not one of your anointed guys. He's not a no. high-round draft guy. Right. He, had, he had to hit out of his mind to get out of the big leagues and then hit it out of his mind to stay in the big leagues. There's nothing I don't love about Ty France. Shout out to, to to Ty France, Aztec for life. This, I've seen this kid since he walked on campus his freshman year at San Diego State, and all he does, all he has done since that point is hit. They had to find a position for him. He could play third, in my opinion, but a lot of teams didn't see him that way. They moved him to first. He was in the running for a gold glove, I'm telling you. This guy can play. He's a quiet leader. He isn't one of your anointed you know, prospects that, you know, we we pay so much attention to, but he's a grinder, man, and he can just flat out hit. He's an old school from that standpoint, and you're right, he's sneaky strong. It's not like a, he, he walks into a room and you you, you see this, this freaking Herculean type figure. This dude is just an old school baseball player that can hit. And he's one of the big, one of the leaders of that squad. I remember how disappointed he was when he got traded from San Diego because this was the first year the Padres had actually like been really good, right? They were in 2020. They were on their way to their first playoffs uh, series in, in, a, in such a long time. And he got traded. And I remember talking to him and how disappointed he was uh, to be getting out of San Diego and having to go to a team at the time that was at the bottom of the uh, of the standings. And now all of a sudden, Fast forward two years later, he's one of the leaders. He's one of the main guys pulling the to pulling that rope, and you know his team is is a team to be reckoned with. So shout out to to Ty France. Yeah, absolutely can't get enough of them. And speaking of which, those Mariners are thirteen and sixteen. I did pick them to win the AL Central. This is a really good team in a really good division, and the reason why I'm bringing that up. Uh, on this ridiculous walk-off weekend we just had in Major League Baseball. Um, Anthony Rendon signs a huge contract, goes over to the Angels. 
has a disappointing first year. I think I think even he would be free freely admit it was a disappointing time to play for the Angels. Team played poorly. He got hurt, missed most of the year. Now he's back. He's healthy. He's playing well. Hits a walk-off yesterday on this team. By the way, 19-11 and 11 are the, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, they're one game, they're half game ahead of the Astros, or 18-11. The Angels seem like they're real. I, I don't know. It might be too early to say that. I do think their pitching is going to come to haunt them, but the Angels look really good. They do not look like they feel like slowing down. What do you think about their arms? Are they famous? I, I don't know, and I've said this from the beginning, I don't know if the arms can continue to hold up throughout the season. I think it's a wait-and-see situation. But we've always thought that the offense was had the potential to be one of the more, more elite offenses in the game. And now all of a sudden you, you got Rendon back right now. And I've always been a huge fan of Anthony, man. He can, he can flat out hit when he's healthy. And he's starting to pick it up. He's, he was he started off slow. He started to swing the bat here better as of late. But I think this Angel team could be it. Now, listen, the Astros have run off like seven straight. And I kind of ex- we kind of expect these runs from the Astros. Like, they'll run off eight, nine, ten straight. They'll lose five in a row. And that's, I think, who the, the Astros are right now. They're still a very good team. Not as consistent as we've seen them in the past. And I think that does open the door for an Angels and a Mariners to to take that division. I think we got to hold up and see in terms of the pitching. But certainly you do know you got two guys that are pitching well, really three guys that are pitching uh, well, if you count Lorenzen. You got Otani, who I think obviously will be their ace. But, I, I mean, Syndergaard has looked great so far. And if you can piece it together, they got a chance to, to be in the thick of things for this division. Mm-hmm. You ain't lying. You ain't lying at all. And last walk-off of the weekend, the one we're saving for last because it's the juiciest and funniest. <laughs> Torres, it's a walk-off for the Yankees. Everything seems perfectly fine and normal until you put the microphone in Chris Woodward's hand, manager of the Texas Rangers. And this is not the first time Woodward has made a comment no. about about something like this. Uh, in case you don't know this, there has been a lot of talk about the Yankee Stadium right field wall being a little short over the years, ever since the new Yankee Stadium opened up. Well, we haven't heard many comments about it for like the last five years because it's kind of an old complaint. Well, he hits a home run, walk off, oppo tank off the off, off of the right field wall, and Chris Woodward comes out and says, that's not a, that's not a home run in 99% of the ballparks in Major League Baseball. I'm just frustrated. Well, Next thing you know, Aaron Boone comes out. They ask him what he has to say about that comment, and just a straight-up mic drop moment. Bad math there. There's only 30 ballparks in the pot in Major League Baseball. I'm not sure you get <laughs> Phenomenal. 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 People have been calling for Aaron Boone's head in the Bronx for two years. I say give him an extension for that comment alone. That comment's definitely going to buy him more time, for sure, amongst the, the, the Yankee base. Listen, could somebody remind me when when the new Yankee Stadium was was put up? Was it like what? Like 2008, yeah, We're about 10, 12 years removed from when it came up uh, at that time. I think it's time to move on. I mean, it's, 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 it's no different than the little short porch in Boston down the line. Oh, by the way, old Yankee Stadium wasn't much, much, much longer, wasn't much bigger down to the right field. So let's 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 get. I get the frustration, right? It was a ball that probably doesn't go out in many parks, 
But you're not playing in many parks. You're playing well, in worry. Yankee Stadium. Yeah, don't you're, playing, you're playing in Yankee Stadium. And on top of that, they actually did the math. It was 106 off the bat. It was a line drive laser over the right center field wall. And by the way, they did the math, the actual math. It would have gotten out of 27 of the 30 ballparks. So There you have it. There you uh, have it. Chris Woodward, this is not the first time you've made a comment about an oppo tank being hit off your team. I do believe you had something to say about uh, – the great Fernando. Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. a couple years ago. Now I'm just looking at him, man. If you have, if you hit an oppo tank off the uh, Texas Rangers, apparently Chris Woodward's got some shit to say. <laughs> just, just a little bit. I don't know what he has against opposite field tanks. Uh, I mean, I, I played against Chris, man. He used to use the opposite field quite often. I don't know why he is so upset. With opposite field tank, at least, at least, at least, it feels like he's really upset with opposite field tank. So you know, I, I just think uh, frustration got the best of him, and if he could have those words back, he, he probably yeah. would. Yeah, Woody, you, you, you use the opposite field all the time, Woody. This is Kevin This is Kevin McConnell Black, bro. <laughs> right, right. You made a living off of hitting the ball the other way, man. I don't know. I don't know why. You, why you're so upset about it? <laughs> well, looking throughout the league, even more great stuff coming. We do actually have a great thing about last weekend. We just got to get to because, ladies and gentlemen, you did it, Cincinnati. You did it. You won a series. <laughs> Turn up, Cincinnati. You guys have done it. You guys have nearly doubled your full season total of wins in two days. Yeah, man, it's I, I there's a it's not often that you feel bad for a team, but I saw we've seen the Reds already twice. We're done playing the Reds, and uh, and when I say we, I mean the Padres, not me myself, but the Padres are done playing the Reds, uh, and it's it's tough to watch, man. I mean, certainly it's not tough to watch when your team when the team that you work for is playing for them and getting wins, but. You feel as a as a former player, you feel for that. Like Cody, can you imagine showing up to the ballpark every day? Like, wh- I mean, y- you better have your own personal drive to push you through this season because you're gonna get nothing, nothing from the fan base or you know in terms of wins and losses right now. Uh, it's this is this could be as bad as we've seen in a while. Not to mention their front office not doing them any favors. Oh my lord! The worst possible <laughs> comments. Where are they gonna go? That's something that exited your lips. Like at what point in the game, or what point in 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 his life, do you think that that was going to go well? I listen. The first we 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 came, we showed up. The Padres showed up about two, maybe a week and a half after, maybe a week after. And man, when I tell you there was nobody in the seats, oh my lord! I I don't know if I've been to a professional major league game like this ever, where there was this few people showed up to a stadium. Oh man, just so so tough. To it was walk. sad. It, it really it really is. Not to mention that you're talking about tough to watch. The Oakland A's have dropped nine of their last ten, and you talk about no one showing up to a ballpark. Hey, listen, it's a tough sell to get anybody to go to the Coliseum in Oakland to begin with. Trust me, as a diehard, lifelong Raider fan, I hate that place. I hate that place, and it's even worse for baseball. Um, yeah, so yeah. I understand the plight of A's fans. I feel terrible for their fan base. I feel bad for the Cincinnati fan base, but, you know, yeah. it's just – these teams that are clearly not competitive. Now, at least I can say the A's have 
a slight excuse. We know what their real plan is. The real plan right. is they're trying to get up out of there. Yeah, they're they're trying to get the hell out of Dodge. I get it. Okay, I don't like it, and I'd like them to be a little less obvious about it. Right. They're, but, they're not hiding it at all, but yeah. they're not hiding it at all. But at least I get it. The, the Cincinnati Reds. They're not going anywhere, and like their president said, neither are their hor- or, or their horribly, horribly disenchanted fans. Well, yeah, I, I tell you what, the horribly disenchanted fans is going somewhere, and it ain't going to be at uh, at Great American Ballpark. <laughs> it's Bengals games. <laughs> That's what I can tell you about those fans. Oh man, so tough. Well, on the bright side of Major League Baseball, the Yankees, man, eight and two in their last ten. Uh, tied with the best record in Major League Baseball, best record in the American League, obviously. Uh, 19 wins. First team to 20 wins, by the way, across town in New York, uh, the Mets. But, yeah, the Yankees looking really good. I, I had this team tabbed at the beginning of the season, finishing third in their division. And I know that's a crazy thing we're saying now, but, hell, you saw the panic button in Bronx after week one when they weren't man. Uh, yeah. It's Oh, Garrett Cole. Yeah, let's – let's we got to get rid of this guy. we got to move him. Cut him. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's wrong with you people. Like, insane. Yeah. At, least, at least the Boston fans have something to complain about. They, those guys are apparently allergic to wood right now, which is insane with the lineup they currently have. But Yankees looking incredible. Rays looking incredible. Seven and three. Not to mention the white, the, the Blue Jays looking really good. I'm, I'm bringing all this up just because the, the AL East was the thing we came into this season just harping to be the greatest thing in the world. It doesn't look like it's the greatest thing in the world. It no. looks like it's a three-team race until the Boston Red Sox can collectively pull their heads out of their ass. Listen, I, you know, the Red Sox thing is so interesting because, to me, this is why team dynamic becomes so important, right? You bring in Trevor Story, who's a terrific player, right? But you also have the Bogart situation where they haven't come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, you wonder how much – of that is playing in there, right? Is Story going to be the replacement? Although he hasn't swung the bat all that well either, but you wonder about those type of dynamics when the season starts. It's hard to put your finger on what it is that is going on there. And listen, it is early. There's plenty of time to turn it around and figure it out. Uh, but that is probably been the most surprising part about the ALEs. We did think that that was going to be the strongest division. As it turns out, it seems like the NL West is actually the strongest division in baseball. And the Yankees, man, it, it this is that's the type of team that it's they seem to play in these spurts where they're really hot and then they're really not at times. And um, the Blue Jays haven't quite ascended to the level we thought they were. Um, and, and, and you know, from there, the Rays just keep their their machine. I think we talked about this over the last few years. They figure it out. They have a way they go about it, and those guys play well in that environment. So we'll see how the AL West, or excuse me, AL East shakes out. But the Yankees right now, they, they look good. As, 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 as I'm talking about, the Yankees getting ready. They're starting right now, it seems like. Playing the, well, the Rangers. Of, you mentioned – you just mentioned that just now. You mentioned the AL West. We all, the AL East, we all expect it to be the juggernaut division. Yes, as it sits right now. Hey, the Blue Jays still looking pretty damn good. They're 17 and 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rays 18 and 11. Yankees 19 and 8. These three teams are going to be battling it out, I think, all season long. Uh, I have a co-host on another show on the BetQL Network named Ryan Horvat who – I, I want to hear your thoughts, just just your reaction, because he made a bet at the beginning of the season that I I don't want to tell you my thoughts on. I just want to hear your thoughts. He bet <laughs> okay. that the Rays were going to finish this year on their season total under, which means he bet that the Rays were going to win less than 88 games. Your thoughts? I don't see that happening. 
I don't I, think I just, that is ever going to happen ever no. again. I when he told me that, he's like, "Well, they traded away Meadows. They traded away this guy. They, they, tra- they trade guy. away. So- they trade away somebody every year. They let somebody go every year, and they still finish around 95, 90, between ninety five and ninety nine wins every year. I don't. Like I can't I explain you. it. It's I can't explain it's unbelievable. It, what they do. It's like, it, it's like I told you when they traded away Way Meadows for some minor leaguers. I just said, hey, listen, I don't know who these minor leaguers are, but they're clearly the greatest players who ever lived. <laughs> you did say that. That's just that's the way the Rays are. That, listen, again, I think we talked about this as well. If the Rays want to make a trade with you, your alarm should be just blaring in your ear. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe I don't want to give away this guy since they're asking for him. You know you're going to see him and you know you're going to see these guys that you move within the next year and a half. You know you're going to see that guy making four huge hits in October. <laughs> right. Just somehow. If I'm, AJ, I, if I'm A.J. Preller, and A.J. Preller is a smart guy, but A.J. Preller, we have to admit, has been, um, I wouldn't say defeated. Let's just say the Rays have won a couple of the trades. They, not that they, the – yeah, not They've that the Padres were taken. Yeah, it's not that the Padres yeah. didn't get something out of it. I'm just saying the Rays definitely have won out on their trades. I think if yeah. A.J. Preller is ever called again by the Rays saying, hey, we'd like this double-A guy, A.J. Preller should immediately call that double-A guy, guy, guy up to the big leagues immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that and block the number for the yeah. Rays. Whoever, and then whoever's calling him. <laughs> extend him for five years. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, speaking of which, you know, you talked about the division in the NL West. Dude, you are not lying. You talk about best division in baseball. It's the only division in baseball where not three teams, not four teams, but all five teams are above 500. We, it's easy to make fun of the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Guess what? Yeah. Rockies and the Diamondbacks are beating the hell out of everybody. They're 15 and 14, the Diamondbacks, and they're in last place. They can't. They they're they're in the wrong they're in the wrong division right now. But listen, it's 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 been quite something uh, to see. You you may have could have expected the Rockies because first of all they play in Colorado, so Colorado, Colorado. So there is a, a wild card there anyway. But they also brought in Chris Bryant. So you you know there's an argument to be made that all right they're trying to do something. This this is you could possibly see them playing you know 500 baseball. But the Diamondbacks, who listen, I'm a big fan of Tori Lovello. I think he gets the most out of the teams that he has year in and year out. Um, they're playing well, man, and and it's really been around their starting pitching that has been really terrific. Merrill Kelly is off to a great start. Madison Bum, although he got ejected for some ridiculousness uh, oh. from the umpires oh. a couple of last week. Uh, he's been good. I mean, that whole staff has been pretty good, and it's kept them in ball games, and they've been able to win some. And listen, if you'd have told me they were sitting fifteen and fourteen at, uh, uh, right on this day on May 9th, I, I don't know that I, I think I would have probably laughed in your face. Mm-hmm. And, and and not only that, looking throughout the league, man, there's just some good baseball being played right now. Uh, it really one, is. One team I'm going to bring up right now is a team I don't really believe in. But they are playing good baseball. You cannot say that the Minnesota Twins aren't damn good. Byron Buxton looks like that MVP-type player that everyone's been talking about him being. Carlos Correa, obviously a game-changer. They've been pitching really well. Um, However, 
I still think that team on the south side of Chicago is better. Those White Sox have won seven straight, and they have an they have a whole All Star team on the IL. Right on the now. IL, yeah they they're not even they're not even close to healthy. That's why when they got off to a slow start, it was hard to pay too much attention to it, right? I mean, we know they know what this team is capable, but we who watch them know who they're capable of, and they're not even close to full strength. And now, as you mentioned, they're starting to play some good baseball. Listen, I've all, I've been high on on Minnesota. I, I think Byron, if he can stay healthy. He's he could be the guy that is that is considered who could be in that conversation for best player in, in the league. He's got that kind of talent, but he's got to stay healthy. The other team that I got a chance to see that I I don't know how it's kind of very similar to what the the Giants did last year and what we're seeing the Diamondbacks do early this year. The Cleveland uh, Guardians. I almost said Indians. I caught myself. The Cleveland Guardians. Um, they can swing it, man. That lineup is a pretty good lineup. You may not have heard of a, a lot of the names in there, but offensively, they can pull, man. And then you get the pitching that they never they never seem to not have, no matter who they get rid of. They are like what Tampa is offensively. They come up with on the pitching side, it mm-hmm. feels like, in Cleveland. So the NL Central is going to be something to watch. I still think you're right. The White Sox are the team to beat, especially once they get healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I truly, truly think that. The Twins are still looking pretty good, though. 18 and 11. White Sox back above 500, 14 and 13 with this seven game winning streak that they're on. And yeah, the Guardians currently sitting at 14 and 14. They do not look bad. It's just, no. I don't expect them to stick. I think they got off to a real hot start, and I think things have kind of evened out a little bit. I think they're going to be around 500, probably. For That's the right. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But uh, th- yeah, these White Sox, man, they're about to get Moncada back. They're about to get Joe Kelly back, who's also there in uh, AAA getting ready. Uh, Lance Lynn will be back by the end of May. Liam Hendricks is back and looks like Liam Hendricks again, I might add. Uh, Lucas Giolito, he has been back from the IL and has looked like a true ace. Oh, and by the way, Dylan Cease, I have dubbed the strikeout prop king of the universe. He is the greatest thing on earth. If you are into gambling and baseball gambling – if you want to take an over on someone every single game and always win, take my strikeout prop king, Dylan Cease. Take the over. I don't care who he's playing. The 27 Yankees. I don't care. He's paying 10 of them. Take it. Always take it. God, I like this White Sox team. That The White Sox team is legit. I want to talk a little bit about the NL Central. Let me ask you about Brewers, Cardinals, Really, the two teams I see with the most, you know, the teams that are going to run away with that division. The only teams in the division is is is, is Milwaukee. Is Milwaukee's offense for real? Can they maintain this? Because that's been the thing that's held them back, right? Is is the offense? But right now, those dudes is, is as hot as anybody in the league right now. You know what their pitching is going to give you night on a nightly basis. I also think the Cardinals team as a whole is a little bit better. I think, but. Right now, the Brewers are the team that's that's rolling. Well, here's the thing: what we didn't expect was the Cardinals to pitch this well. Especially, I'm yeah. gonna throw out. I'm gonna throw out. You want a Padre blast from the past? Miles Michaelis has looked incredible this season. Yeah, he yeah. really, really has. You um, almost, you almost could see that coming, right? Like he was, he had, he has been refining his 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 his, his skill level. It seems like every year. he was got a little banged up last year, but yeah, man, it, he he knows how to pitch. I'm in, I'm I'm really into that these days, Cody. I'm really into these dudes that can pitch. Mm-hmm. Not just not just hit 97, 98 and do that all day, but can actually think the game and pitch to 
to location. I, I'm really into watching that, these guys, those type of guys now. Mikolas is one of those types. Yeah, he, he's up there. He's been looking real good. But, yeah, the Brewers, have they been swinging it good? Yes. Do I, I still am not sold on their offense, though. I Me still, neither. I still think it's just too old. I think they missed out on some guys they should have either, A, brought back, or, B, gone out and signed. Um, one that is sneaky, and I know this is not going to – this is not a sign that's going to, you know, change the world – but the Mets getting their hands on Escobar at a really reasonable price where the Brewers could have easily have afforded them, that was a good piece the Brewers should have held on to. Yeah, no, you're right. That's It's one of those, it's one of those pieces that I, you don't know you need <laughs> until you do, right? It's like he, he's, he's consistently, when he's healthy, consistently driving in 100 runs. Like, who can't use a guy like that? He is, he is an RBI machine, and... Listen, that 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 Mets team, man. I you know since you brought them up, they're really good. They're really good. I they're I I really good. I've been like waiting and waiting for those moments. You know, you know, there's always moments at this point of the Mets season where something like bad happens where it's just small though. It's not big, it's just like a little glitch. And you go like, You're like oh you can see it. It's it's gonna happen, it's gonna fall apart at some point. Because there goes yeah. one of the seams. That's just a scene, but that one seam's gonna lead to 14 games somehow. Um I don't feel like this year. I, I don't feel like it at all this year. In fact, this team's doing it without Jacob DeGrom. This team is the best you, pitching staff without Jacob DeGrom. And they're getting back Jacob DeGrom. This team you know, might never lose. The, the most important thing you said in there is is when this – it's not just that that little seam happens and, and we're like, oh, here we go. It almost feels like in the past – they knew it too. Like mm-hmm. that little that little thing would happen, and it'd be like you could just see the body language change in that in that team, and it would happen. It would then it would start to fall apart. They to me the biggest thing about this team, the Mets, this Mets team this year, is they look like they believe they're as good as everybody says they are for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that goes a long way, especially when you're dealing with 162 games. This guy's this this is where I think the changes happen most for the Mets. Not only that, you, you mentioned that you didn't believe it like in the past. Last year was a great case of that because this team was like up 10 games in first place at this point last year too. Like they were they yeah. were beating up on everybody. But even we were looking at like, this doesn't feel real. This right. feels like this is going to come to an end. This feels like a, a weird honeymoon thing and we're all just kind of lying to ourselves. This year, yeah. this team feels like they're just steamrolling teams. They were down by seven the other night. And at no point did I think they were in danger of losing. They put up a seven spot in the ninth. And I'm like, this team is really – this team – it's like this team and the Dodgers. Both teams just look almost bored beating the hell up on these teams. Yeah. It's it's an expected practice every time they come out, step on the field. Like, all right, we're going to beat this team's ass, and then we're going to move on to the next one. And we'll just rinse and repeat as much as we can. Oh, man. Well, you know, we talked about who's ice cold. We talked about who's heating up. What about those teams in the middle? Who are these teams that you think have a real shot of kind of making a little bit of run? Because there's a couple teams in here that I think are pretty good and primed to do something. One of which we've already mentioned, White Sox, obviously, but they're already in the midst of it. They're seven wins in, and they're about to get pretty much close to fully healthy soon. Um, once they, they don't even need to be fully healthy. They get close to fully healthy. They're just going to be they're going to be deadly. But a team that I think everybody's going to need to look out for. The Atlanta Braves are starting to play some good baseball. Yeah, yeah they're 14-16 right now, and here they come. I, I do a weekly hit with, with one of the radio shows out in Atlanta, and that's the thing I've been like preaching the most is that 
This team is going to play well. It's going to happen, and when it does, it's going to happen quickly. And you're starting to see it. All of a sudden, Ronald Cooney Jr. comes back, and there's just a different energy about this ball club. So, yes, the Braves are one team. The Mariners are, the, are another team. That's I think my second gotta, pick. Look at you. You, you, you and me, simpatico. <laughs> Same. They say great minds think alike, Tony. That's just a fact. I, I, I think it's true, bro. I think it's true. No, I, I think I think obviously the, the, the Mariners are another team. Um, you got to look at the Giants. You cannot just completely uh, put them away. I know they're in a tough division, but I think they got that kind of that kind of belief too. And, and then we've already talked about the Cardinals and Blue Jays as well. But I, I, those are my four teams that I'm most um, – I will mostly pay attention to because they haven't got off to the start that I think everybody thought they would, but they're very dangerous teams moving forward. I'm going to throw one more in there. Um, okay. And that's that's the Phillies. And, and okay. it's because of their offense. They have not swung the bat the way they should. This team should be putting up 15 runs a game. I'm interested to see what their offense could do, but I, you want to talk about a pitching staff I do not believe in? It's Philadelphia. That's why I didn't say Philadelphia. <laughs> 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 I have no belief, not necessarily their pitching staff. I think their starting pitching is good enough. But as we saw, uh, what was it, 7-1, seven, 8-1 one, seven, one, yeah. at yeah. the time? Yeah. And we saw something that we've really seen for the last, Couple I don't years. know, th- three, three years from this bullpen. And I'm not convinced at this point that they have addressed it enough to where it can make a difference in a National League East that contains the the Braves – and and the Mets, and that's not even to mention the Marlins, who are who, by the way, against the division this year are eight and one. They've <laughs> lost one game in that division, so I'm not convinced at all that Philly, their back end, at least the bullpen, can be good enough to to put them in this class. You know, we mentioned earlier about how great it would be if the Brewers were able to get their hands on Escobar and what their offense would be right now if they still had Escobar. I'm thinking very similar things about the Marlins right now if Jeter got his way. And they had yeah. their hands on Cassianos because Cassianos wanted to be a Marlin. Uh, now he's over there in Philly. Can you imagine if you added a Cassianos at bat to that team with that pitching staff? We might be talking about the Marlins overtaking the Braves and giving the Mets a serious run for their money. Dude, they got some nice pieces over there. You add a, a Castellanos a, a, along with Chisholm, who I, I am I'm obsessed with after I watching him play. I love him. This I love four him. game series. This dude has lightning in his hands. And don't let the small stature fool you, man. I want that ball he hit opposite field yesterday was almost in the same spot all far into the game in. I mean, that's how that's how that's how wiry, quick, and strong that that dude is. And he is good for baseball. I can't I say it. that enough. All right, I want to. I want to make this. This is going to sound like an insult, and I hope you guys don't think it is one. I played with Chaz Chisholm um, back when we were with the Diamondbacks together. He was a little younger than me, but I would take care of him during spring training. And I cannot stress this enough. And this will sound like an insult, but it is not. I have never met a player who loves himself and talks about himself more than Jazz Chisholm. <laughs> if, if Jazz Chisholm strikes out five times in a game, but homers once that week. We're talking in the dugout all day about Jazz's home run three days ago. (laughs) I know this sounds like an insult, but it's not. I wish to God I could see the world the way Jazz could, because at no point, no matter what happens to Jazz, there's not a single moment where Jazz doesn't, forget believe, doesn't know he's the best player on the field. 
And, and you know what, Code? I, I've said this to I say this I say this to my son, my my six year old son. That that's like the quality that I wish I had most. And I think you and I could both attest to this. The dudes that we played with that have that and also have the talent, they end up being pretty good at, at the big league level. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know what the truth is? And this is not because Jazz isn't smart. Jazz is extremely smart. It's just Super smart. It's more so I feel like you and I are too smart to know that we aren't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it i think in the back of our minds we did know <laughs> i think in the back, we yeah. just we just it, it, you know the saying goes fake it till you make it and, yeah you know that's what you that's what you got to do <laughs> yeah picked and chose my spots knew what i could do knew what i could accomplish and then uh did it but yeah jazz, I, I wasn't gonna push it too much further than that yeah but jazz truly even if he can't do it doesn't matter he knows he can and that's at the end of the day why jazz chisholm is jazz chisholm i can't get enough without of a doubt just cannot get enough of the guy. Well, guys, it's been a blast today here on Big Time Baseball with me and Tony Gwynn. Tony, where can people find you and listen to you in San Diego? You can find me literally everywhere in San Diego. Uh, you can catch me on Gwynn and Chris, 97.3 The Fan, Monday through Friday, 2 to 6. You can catch me on the radio broadcast as well with the Padres nightly at Tony Gwynn Jr. on Twitter, at Tony underscore Gwynn Jr. on IG. Follow me on Twitter at Decker6. That's the number six. And of course, Instagram. You can follow me uh, at Antihero Baseball. Check out all the shows I'm doing for Odyssey. Big time baseball, of course. Like, share, and subscribe with me, Tony Gwynn Jr., and John Heyman. Of course, Bet for the Cycle, which is live every Saturday for four hours on the BetQL network, not to mention BetMGM, MLB podcast powered by BetQL. Make sure you check us all out. Oh, and by the way, I do a little show on 670 Score in Chicago called Down the Line with Cody Decker. Check them all out. Check us out. Like, share, and subscribe to Big Time Baseball wherever you get your favorite podcast. Guys, that's it for us this week. Enjoy you some baseball. Tony, thank you so much for talking baseball with me it's always my favorite time of the week indeed thank you very much Cole. absolutely next week see ya be safe out there enjoy baseball beat it